0: Hello and welcome to Feed Play Love and to Helpline where it's your opportunity to um, get up on the Facebook Live page or perhaps you're listening to us on the podcast. You can ask your questions in a number of ways. The first way if you're watching us via Facebook Live is to pop your question below in the comment section and if you're listening to us via podcast, it is Helpline at The Parent Brand Drop. Dot .com.au dot and we're very lucky to have sleep consultant Joe Ryan with us here today. Hello Joe, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, thank you. Look, before we get stuck into the questions, I did want to mention your wonderful Baby Bliss program because we have um we've got it up online now at the parent school and if you jump on now there is a special offer for $20 off right now. For a limited time only <laughs> and you'll understand why if you continue listening why this is a really good idea to get involved with basically it's a program that's going to help you allow your babies to sleep better there's a process to it all this helpline of course is for specific questions but i'm imagining with the program joe what you're doing is setting up some really good sleep practices for for babies so yeah. you can go there even before you have a problem right
1: yeah well it's it's essentially to kind of help people through those little hiccups you know where you know you might have a baby that has has ongoing you know just waking a lot at night that you're not quite sure what to do just or what what uh sort of information around what to expect like what should i what should my baby be doing at this age and it kind of guides you through step by step um You know the sleep environment. uh, How how long should my baby be awake for? How long should my baby be asleep for? You know how can I help promote them? Help you know promote them to sleep as best as they can for that age group. So yeah, it's it's a great little kind of package to help you get over any problems or just to understand better what you know your baby should be doing at that age. I love
0: that. I love that. The thing I love most about that is that I never thought about sleep in developmental stages. Yeah, thought about everything else. Feed gross motor, all that stuff, but not sleep. I I don't know why it didn't make, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, if you're interested in this program, there'll be notes in the episode on the podcast and also links in um, below this Facebook feed. So let's get into the questions now, Joe, this one comes from Rima. She sent us an email saying I could use some expert advice. My baby is seven months old. She used to sleep through the night from about three and a half months till she was about five and a half months. She used to sleep well for the past month and a half. she's started waking up once a night or early for the day. Her bedtime was at 6.30 to 7, but she started waking up between 4.35 a.m. Then she started waking in the middle of the night for a small feed. So we decided to make her bedtime later at 8.00 p.m. in an attempt to get her sleeping a little longer. She still wakes up at the same time every night, takes Mm. her bottle of 90 mils, and then goes back to sleep. We do give her a bottle before she sleeps and after her bath. We even gave her cereal after her bottle, thinking it might help remove that middle of the night waking. But nothing is working. What should we do? We're completely lost. She has two naps a day between one and one hour, 15 minutes. I feel like she isn't sleeping enough during the day. And also now with a later bedtime, she has
1: lost that extra hour. Please Mm. help me. Definitely. So putting the baby to bed later really often doesn't help and as we has found out it actually just reduces the number because they still wake up at exactly the same time so I'd go back to putting her to bed at six thirty-seven, particularly because she's only getting two reasonably short sleeps during the day the problem is that in, in middle of the night feed so she would be now waking out of habit it's probably around midnight ish which is a classic transitional period of the night uh, where they're coming out of their deep sleep and they're transitioning into their dream sleep and so often they can rouse and wake and if they're used to getting something which now she would be used to getting that bottle um, she would just she'll just continue to wake and and then that actually upsets the rest of their night so it's almost like you're taking them off their nice train that takes them through to morning you're taking them off that and they can't quite get on again they're always playing a little bit of catch up so often the feeding well, just just disrupt the rest of the night. So if you were going to feed a baby, she's seven and a half months, right? If you were going to feed her still, then I would be moving that feed to maybe four thirty, 430 four 4.35 in the morning so that she may then sleep in a little bit. She may go back to sleep and sleep in. I mean, theoretically, she probably doesn't need a feed overnight uh, depending on how much she weighs. I imagine if she's around eight kilos or over, you know, she's over six months, she's on three meals a day. Theoretically, she shouldn't really need it. But that said, some babies just can't get past sort of 10 hours without a feed. So I would be either eliminating that sort of middle of the night feed altogether or moving it to sort of early hours of the morning to help with the sleep in. Um, (laughs) But she said she slept through the night previously, so she might be able to do it. There's little, little sort of disruptions or developmental leaps that happen that cause sleep disturbances all the time, particularly in these first couple of years of their lives. So, um, you know, the problem is when we introduce something that we weren't doing previously, you know, and then it's like, oh, well, this is what I do now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So you've just got to kind of drop that, go back to kind of uh, where you were and things should get back on track.
0: You know, something just struck me when you were saying that, Joe. Um, and we obviously we talk about sleep more than anything whenever we do helpline. Mm-hmm. But do you think in terms of behavior and habits that adults aren't that different to children? Like we know how to sleep through the night, but let's say I was just speaking totally. to a colleague who gets, wakes up at, say, 4 a.m. every day. And it just seems like we forget that we think that babies are so different to us because they mm. never seem to sleep. And we're like, if I was you, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be sleeping all the time. But yeah. really, it's a human thing if we get into habits, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, we all have our little rituals before we go to sleep. I go to bed. I lie one way. I have to roll the other way and then I have to roll back. Like, if I don't do that, <laughs> I feel like I'm not ready for. To- to sleep you know or some people need to read or some people need to watch tv or some people wake up early and that's just what they do so instead of trying to go back to sleep they go oh i'll just get up because that's what i do so it is absolutely habit and we get then our body clock gets into that rhythm and it's Mm -hmm. the same as babies so if they're fed during the night then even if they don't require that food your their body clock will be waking them to say well this is normally when you get a feed You know, so that's where we kind of second guess ourselves because you're like, oh, well, do they need the feed or are they just waking out of habit? And, you know, if a baby is over six months and, you know, all those sort of criteria met, and you know, they theoretically they really shouldn't be needing to be fed in the night because they're getting lots of calories in the day. Then often it is out of habit, you know. So, Mm. yeah. And, you know, we all can drop habits. It's just about giving it a couple of goes and then they're like, oh, okay, right
0: yeah so interesting
1: Mm. this next one comes from Steph on our
0: Facebook live she says I have a seven week old baby so we have no set routine for bedtime I was just wondering if it's a good idea to take her dummy away at bedtime she wakes frequently for me to continue to replace her dummy or should I persevere with it also how should I settle her if we take the dummy away I am exclusively breastfeeding her
1: yeah she's tiny seven weeks I mean a dummy if it's helping then, you know, I would sort of maybe use it. But, you know, you've heard me say this before, Chev. I'm sure, I call the dummy your frenemy. So (laughs) it is. It's like your best friend, but then it can be your worst enemy as well, you know. So it's great, but it's not so great. Mm -hmm. So um, some babies have dummies and they have absolutely no problems with them and they, you know, go through their, you know, infancy and it's not an issue. Other babies will, you know, they'll fall out. You need to put it in. I mean, she's very young and young babies do have difficulty just keeping it in their mouths, but that will start to, by about 12 weeks, she should start to have the hang of that more and then she might be quite, you know, addicted to it. Uh, and that might not be a problem. But if if it starts to fall out and you find that you're constantly having to put it in, then you could certainly try to settle her without it. You may need to do a bit of padding you know, um, a bit of padding or rocking the cot, you know, obviously in a perfect world, if they can fall asleep without any of those things, you know, that sort of helps further down the track. But, you know, I'm also for whatever kind of can help you with the least amount of kind of pain, I guess, Um, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day. And dummies are great ways for babies to be able to put themselves to sleep. You know, you don't have to be rocking, padding, but the sucking is a very strong sleep association. So that can, you know, obviously develop as they grow. Mm. This
0: next question comes from Jacqueline on our Helpline group. She says, I'd love some tips on how to settle my baby who won't resettle easily. He's 14 weeks, sleeps in his own cot and doesn't use a dummy. He was four weeks early. I try to put him down still awake, drowsy, Slash drowsy the majority of the time, but I'm not having much luck getting him to go to sleep on his own. He's 14 weeks. 14, 14 months. Mi- well, sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I've, I've got two uh, messages here. I'm sure he's 14
1: weeks. 14 weeks, yeah. Yes. So 14 week old babies are still very young and often they can't do it on their own. You know, it's not till you know, after about 12 weeks where their brain development, they're actually got the brain development to learn that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too stressed about it yet. Um, but I would be doing a lot of the settling in the cot rather than on you or on the boob or on the bottle or whatever. So if you can put him down and do a bit of rocking, maybe or padding in the cot, that can really help. And then as he gets sleepy, you can reduce that to kind of maybe a stroke of the head or a little tiny tap, you know, and work towards reducing your intervention. And you will find as he gets bigger that he will probably be, you know, um, less and less distressed and you'll have to do less and less. But just make sure that all the conditions are right too, you know, that he's been burped properly, that he's, you know, not too overtired because if babies are really overtired, they will always require you to help them get off to sleep because they're a bit like, Ooh, you know, wired and they can't just, you know, so always err on the side of less tired than more tired, I find, with younger babies. It just seems to work better. Yeah.
0: This one comes from Fern on our Facebook live. She says, hi, my granddaughter is 18 months and has terrible tantrums. (laughs) Mm. she sorry i laugh because there's so many toddlers that age have terrible tantrums she bangs her head on the floor or whatever Mm. is is near she'll roll around screaming for an hour or more until she exhaust is exhausted and can't can't fight anymore we are worried she's really going to hurt herself is there anything we can do to stop these tantrums so i guess the question there is the extremity
1: of the tantrum Mm. right because how do you stop a toddler tantruming well yeah you can't um I mean I guess you need to understand that you know it's a very normal toddler behavior I mean she's 18 months girls can often start this sort of tantruming reasonably young Mm, Um, because we're advanced that's right (laughs) silver lining for food come on way smarter (laughs) um no just because that's just the way their brains work they're slightly uh, the way they understand things a little bit earlier so um there's frustration so it's all about frustration okay they can't they want to do something they can't do it they can't and, and remember that at this age too they have no capacity to understand any other point of view other than their own they're incredibly mm-hmm. narcissistic that's just the way they work so trying to rationalize or reason or you know just isn't going to work so my advice is to just support her through that so just be there protect her cuddle her maybe you know comfort her while she's screaming and yelling doesn't mean you give in to the tantrum you can say I can see you're upset I understand you know I'm here for you but you know you can't have that or whatever it is but uh, you know and they do grow out of them Um, what about with this
0: part where she says she bangs her head on the floor I remember my son once once having this monumental tantrum in the car seat and mm. uh, it was right at t- dinner time and I had to get him inside because I needed to feed my other child and it was all going on and uh, I, en- <laughs> I ended up getting him out and we were sitting on the side and I tried to hold him but there, there's that process mm. when they're in the real throes of mm. like a violent where they are thrashing or kicking mm. or headbutting um, where it can feel like I mean it, for me at that time I thought Would he be safer if I let him just go on the grass Mm. and and carry on? Am I hurting him more by holding him? Am I making his tantrum worse because I'm confining him? I mean, is that... that Yeah, I mean,
1: you don't have to physically hold them. What I'm sort of saying is just... Be there and comfort, like see you. So they can see you and hear your voice, you mm-hmm. know. And even if you could just put a hand on them or whatever, if you can't physically hold them, yeah, you know, something that they know that you're there because walking away from a child that's having a tantrum is just not a great thing to do. And it kind of can often escalate, you yeah. know, because they're going through this thing which is just like they can't control it, even, you know. And often tantrums mm-hmm. get to the point where they're kind of like they don't know how to stop it you know yes yes Past you can see it in point. their eyes can't you yeah and then they're a bit I think it frightens them even that you know they're like what what's going on yeah. you know so comforting them but like I said if she's banging her head then I would certainly be trying to move her from an area where she could hurt herself put her on a bed she wants to bang her head on the bed or you know um something or on carpet you know somewhere where you can just make sure she's not going to hurt herself but and just be present with her so that she has her tantrum and then when she's done then you cuddle and you go you know you're okay it's okay Mm. yeah it's
0: okay with toddlers of this age sorry look at me I'm just obsessing over tantrums now but (laughs) with with toddlers of this age are you able to catch it early you know like because they might be tired or they're hungry or they're frustrated Mm. like Mm. uh, I guess there's not much you can do about frustration I mean you can try and move slower and allow them more chance to explore or try things that are frustrating them um but does it, it work with children of this age if you go oh you mm. look like i think you're hungry or you're tired mm. or does it just happen is it just part of their brain makeup that they're going to have a tantrum
1: well, they are, but but also, yes, I mean, but sometimes we don't have the capacity to be across all of that either. So, you know, by the time you catch it, it's a bit late. But hunger is a huge thing, you know. Um, when kids are hungry, they just lose all ability to be kind of any kind of, rash, you know, rationalisation. So so just make sure that particularly toddlers, they get hungry a lot so that you're feeding them regularly. Um, there's not large, long gaps, particularly in the afternoon with no food before dinner because that's when things... plus they're hungry and they're tired, you know. So, uh, also, yeah, bedtime. If she's uh, toddlers particularly get more tired if you know they've just started walking or they're running or they've gone to childcare, you know, for the first time or even childcare started again after a break, these things really really tire them out, and they just the only way to deal with that is to melt down, you know, if they're frustrated and tired and all of those things. So yeah, trying to kind of nip those things in the bud before they get too, you know, bad is is good. But as I say, it's hard as a mother or a parent to um, be across all of that all the time.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Mm. This comes from Nita on our Facebook Live. She says, "Hi, my 13-month-old has been struggling with his second nap. He used to wake at two, uh, six a.m. ish, then do a one-hour, twenty-minute nap about three hours after waking, and then another one." to one twenty nap, one hour, 20 nap, three and a half hours after waking again, and then in bed for the night at 7 PM. Now he still wants to do his morning sleep, but then really struggles with the afternoon nap and doesn't want to fall asleep. Usually he would self settle. I've tried cutting the morning nap to 30 to 40 minutes, but this hasn't uh, seemed to help as he often, he then often does another short afternoon sleep and he's too tired am i best off to just transition him to one nap and what is the if that's the case what is the best way of doing this okay so
1: sorry how old 12 months uh let me go to the top 13 months 13 months yeah Mm. okay so it's very normal for this age group to shorten one nap so i would be probably just keeping the uh the morning nap long because that seems to be his natural long nap and then I would keep him up for even a bit longer. So if he's going down at 9 a.m. and he's up at, say, 10.30, something like that, maybe stretch him out till about 2 or 2.30 and then just put him down for like half an hour or 45 minutes. So just give him that short little nap in the afternoon and then down for bedtime. I think he might probably be too young to drop to one nap. But when you do do that, like I'd try that, so long nap, short afternoon nap, bed. Time um, when you do try that, what I would do is just drop the afternoon nap and move that morning nap out, sort of, you know, um, incrementally. So that maybe if he's going down to bed at nine, you could try putting him down at ten, you know, and then maybe eleven, uh, you know, so that you're getting. But he his body will have to get used to that. And because the afternoon will be longer, you might need to bring be bedtime earlier while you're doing that transition. Um, you know, and even if he goes to bed at six p.m., it's not terrible. You know, if he's tired, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would, yeah. So, yeah, the, it's normal to have a long nap and a short nap. Keep the first one long, shorten the second nap, bedtime, and then try to drop it. But you know, he might not need to drop that for for a few months yet.
0: Okay. This question comes from Amy on our Facebook Live. Hi there. I have a five year old daughter who thinks she's twelve, who has <laughs> just started school this year. She's always attended the childcare center I've worked at and is starting to experience separation anxiety. She's very clever, but can often work herself up so much that we both end up in tears. Her younger sister who is two years old is also getting very upset at drop offs. Both girls have had lots of time away from each other and also from me, but they are not used to me dropping them off for the duration of the day and leaving. PS you also gave me advice on my two-year-old sleeping pattern while we wait We waited for her adenoids to be taken out and she's sleeping better. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, good. Um, Look, I think, you know, this is obviously a really big, you know, transition for both kids. Um, Starting school is massive, massive. And, you know, obviously the separation between the two, you know, is also um, a big thing. So I'm just sort of, you know, let it just settle a bit. You know, I think I wouldn't get too don't overthink it it is you know it, it, it is a normal it's a hard time of the year for everyone and for parents um you know talking about things often you know at the end of the day you know um talking about what's going on how they're feeling you know um that sort of thing can always help you know once you've picked them up um can I um throw in just
0: as a Ooh. A pleb on the side. My daughter who's eight now had separation anxiety for uh, I reckon she only she only stopped getting it during COVID and I know that um, uh, sorry I'm trying to grab her name here I know Amy you've you've just um, you mentioned that you work in a childcare care centre um, so you probably understand this completely but I totally forgot all the advice about saying a quick goodbye because Mm. once my daughter started school, she wanted me to wait while they had assembly. And Mm. somehow I got caught there and completely Mm. forgot everything I learned and just thought she's so upset. I can't leave before then. I need to wait until she walks Mm. off into class. And covid was a blessing in disguise it was the first yeah. time I could just and she's totally fine with me leaving so Amy I don't know if that's you're probably mm. all over that because you you've given other parents the advice not to prolong the separation but mate if it is that <laughs>
1: I think that's really good advice I think prolonging the goodbyes but also just having the ritual you know having a bit of ritual this is what we do you get out we say goodbye off you go you know and doing that every day you know and maybe having a little thing that you do on the way to school whether it be you know sing a little song together or you know whatever it might be Um, sometimes those things can really help because that gives them a sense of uh, you know routine and ritual gives kids a sense of sort of security I know what's happening and grounding absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, the other things that we did that had various levels of success, none as good as COVID. uh, Was (laughs) we got matching bracelets, and then uh, and a friend of mine told me her little trick was to draw a heart on her the same part of their hand, and they pressed it together before they left, which I thought was really sweet. Uh, But yes, none of that worked quite like not (laughs) having a choice. Yeah, Yeah. And she didn't even the first time, she did not even shed a tear, just walked off. It was incredible.
1: Unbelievable
0: how those things Mm. happen. Mm. Um, Well, anyway, good luck, Amy. Sorry if I just told you how to suck eggs there. Uh, (laughs) This question comes from Boriana. She says, do you have any tips for keeping my 13-month-old in his cot when he wakes at night, when he cries, he cries until I go and get him and bring him into our bed. We don't really have any resettling routines currently. We've just been doing whatever gets us all back to sleep quickly. But that's no longer working for my partner and I, as none of us sleep well once Bobby's in our bed. Can you help us figure out where to start? Get him start to get him going back into his own cot when he wakes up through the night.
1: Yeah. So um, you just don't get him out. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't get him out to start. Yeah. So as soon as you start to set up that routine, like we've talked about, it's all about routine. He thinks that if he cries, he goes into your bed. So that's, of course, what he's going to wait for. So what, we, what, we, what you're doing is just reinforcing that every time, which of course, because you know, well, that, that will at least he'll go back to sleep. So a couple of hard nights of just staying with him, but keeping him in his cot. Okay. So settling him in his cot. So get yourself a chair, sit beside the cot, do some padding. You can pick him up and cuddle him, but back down or lean into the cot and cuddle him. Sometimes I find that's easier with older, you know, children, older babies lean in, you know, he's not going to like it. Okay. So he might be awake for a very long period of time, the first night. And by long period of time, i mean about up to two hours. Sometimes they could be wake for. So you need to be prepared for that, but he will always fall back asleep. Okay. So you just stay there. You just stay next to him. Comforting him, soothing him, singing to him, whatever it might be. And then once he goes back to sleep, once something happens in their little brains and it clicks, and they go, Oh, I don't actually need to get into Mum and Dad's bed, you know. So the next night when he wakes, it will be much easier, much more less distress, will take a much shorter period of time. Okay. So it's just about changing the habit, changing the ritual okay and I know that's hard so you guys need to be prepared for that so I always think it's better to be prepared for the long haul it might not be two hours it might be an hour you know and then that's great but but you know don't expect it to be half an hour because it's going to be you know a lot longer than that he's a toddler so -hmm. they have a bit of stamina in them once they're awake they can be awake for a couple of hours in the middle of the night okay so be prepared for that do whatever you have to do to comfort him you know Cuddle him, you know, soothe him. Put on some music or some white noise, you know. Don't take him out of that room, okay? Keep it dark. Keep it low-key. Don't get into full-on kind of conversations. Just say the same thing. It's okay. It's sleepy time. You're okay. You're lie down, mate, because he'll probably sit up. And You know, let him sit up. Then, you know, eventually he'll get tired enough to let you lie him down and you can give him a pat or a stroke until he goes to sleep. Okay, so be it is a, yeah, be patient, be patient. Just think about he's. this is what he's used to. So he's going to go, well, why aren't you getting me into my bed? You know, into your bed. That's what we do, right? So you're <laughs> like, you know, so he's, he's not going to like it, but it will change. And it can change quickly if you're really consistent and you stick with it. You decide from tonight, this is what we're doing, you know, mm. and and just stick with it. Don't try not to start and stop because that's very confusing for them. They don't understand why you, started that and put them through that for an hour and then you just got them into bed anyway you know and yes. so then <laughs> the sleep gets worse because they're a bit like well I don't know what's going to happen when I wake tonight she's going to get me into bed she's going to try and settle. you know that sort of thing yeah so just be really consistent and you know three to five nights should be done all right, good luck. And look, I'm
0: going to slip one last question in, Joe. Yeah. This is from Selma. She says, "Hi, my baby is 10 months old and crawling. I'm just wondering about a little habit she has. She loves to lick and mouth almost everything. I've caught I've caught her <laughs> licking the screen door on numerous occasions. He mouths the coffee table, the couch, even the cat. She loves oh. to" <laughs> She loves to chew on the corner of her favourite blankie too, also. And if you can believe it, I've even found chunks out of her wooden cot. She's been chewing it. She only has her two bottom teeth so far. It's quite amazing how much damage she's done to her (laughs) cot. Please tell me this is normal behaviour. That's Yeah,
1: it is Selma. It is normal behaviour, but maybe just do a bit of baby proofing for those things that, you know, she's chewing on like the cot that's wood. You know, there are kind of guards you can get to put along the top to stop the babies from chewing onto the wood or getting the paint in their mouths. But, look, it's, it's again, it's kind of an oral thing. Um, some babies are more orally focused than others, so they, everything happens and that's how they learn things anyway when they're tiny because we know they put things in their mouth from a very young age. Um, but, yeah, I just try to, you know, maybe keep the cat out of her way. <laughs> <laughs> she must, yeah. like, ugh. Yeah, it's Surely like she a out with fur, fur on her tongue. <laughs> that should stop yeah. it,
0: shouldn't it? Yeah,
1: and some kids just sensory-wise like to learn things that way. It's just mm-hmm. a quirky little thing, you know, we're all a bit different. So, yeah, I wouldn't worry too much, but I would just, you know, obviously try to keep things that might be a bit sort of more dangerous out of her way because, you know, she's putting everything in her mouth and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And hopefully once the teeth come through, you know, a bit more, she might sort of ease off on it a bit.
0: Oh, one can hope. Um, well, Joe, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and if you didn't get to ask Joe your question, there are a few things you can do. So, the first is Joe is one of our experts on the Babyology Parent School website. So, you can book a one-on-one consult with Joe, and then you can have some back-and-forth questions that will be specific to your family. If you want a kind of a a, a general so, so um. Safe sleeping practice, I'd say safe sleeping, healthy sleeping practices for your baby that can start and go with their development. Joe's Baby Bliss sleep support program is what you should be looking into. And there's, as I mentioned at the top of the show, there's a special offer at the moment $20 off right now. Uh, for a limited time i feel like one of those people on those ads but you know look if you can get some money off you're
1: doing a great job
0: call now for a free (laughs) set of steak knives no you're not going to get a free set of steak knives but it is um, a fabulous program and you know with that 20 dollars, you can go and get four coffees depending what city in australia you're in Um, so details will be in the podcast notes or at the bottom of this facebook live joe we'll see you next time thanks so much